Sean Sharrock. I am Sean Kenan Torres in here. And of course, I am joined along with and it's your boy Sharrock the Mike. How we doing? Man, it is a beautiful. Oh, wait. I am lying. It is a rainy ass day here in Tampa. <laughs> Welcome to Florida, baby. So, hey, but it is Florida because and as you know, in an hour it's gonna be sunny outside. So hey, what you know, it could be it could be worse. Exactly. But, before we even jump into, you know, what's going on and all that, why don't you go ahead and tell us who we have with us today? So today we have a special guest and it's Friday too, right? TGIF for, for, for all the people who don't have to work on the weekends. Like I got myself, but we have Mike Cannon, comedian, actor, podcaster, producer, uh, fucking artist. Like I was reading your bio and you, you like, you have like a, you, you're doing everything, man. Like trying shit. Trying, dude. And yes, it could be worse. You could be in a, a courtyard Marriott in Batavia, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right. You know, you got to get it how you live it, right? How long you are you got there? Goddamn right. Uh, this is my this is the first day, and I'm already like, what am I doing what with I my doing? life? Where's my tour manager? Who is scheduling all this terrible <laughs> hole in the wall, you know, hills have eyes type county towns, you know, to. I, Here's the thing, dude. I I didn't know what to expect because I know I know of Batavia, New York. I went to school up in Rochester, upstate, and so I I I didn't know that this was designed by the same person. But it, I huh. think Batavia, New York, was like his practice city because this place <laughs> is actually kind of nice. Like it's like he saw what he did. And he's like, oh no, we, I will never duplicate that. But I'll use that name. <laughs> right, right. That's how I feel. Like I always want to like you know even down here in Florida, a lot of the streets. So, oh, well, I'll say this. So, being from Michigan, it's like if you go on a street and you're going east, you're eventually you're going to keep going that direction. But in mm. Florida, you go down the street, you make a right turn, you're like, okay, well, this obviously is going to put me on the other side of you know the block. No, that shit is like a merry-go-round. Like you end up in Orlando or something like that. So, always wonder. Like I'm the type of guy I'll be in the car and I'll be like, who the fuck designed the street? Like. <laughs> Yeah. Where's this family? So Florida is also yeah. a terrifying place to drive because I have such unwarranted rage towards mm -hmm. everything that mm -hmm. there's too many guns for me to behave like I behave in New York <laughs> because I'll look somebody in the eyes and be like, fuck you, you piece of shit. And in Florida, you you glance at somebody and they just show you the butt of their gun, you know, peeking yeah. out of the top of their belt. Yeah, see, like, I mean, Florida's right. crazy, man. Florida, I tell you, is, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's just that bad though. Because I used to live in Atlanta mm -hmm. and I actually, now I lived in Atlanta in like the 90s and early 2000s. So, you know, rough Atlanta. Oh, you're Asian, mm -hmm. And when I first moved to Jacksonville, First thing they told me was, "Don't look at anyone crazy in Jacksonville; they'll shoot you." I'm like, I came from Atlanta, and I'm worried about Jacksonville. Oh yes, the very next day, someone got shot in the face. Road yeah, rage. in Florida, like, <laughs> in Florida, face. every yeah, in Florida, every situation in Florida is a life is a life threatening situation. Doesn't matter if someone steals your parking spot, steps mm -hmm. on your sneakers, your Jordans, whatever. It's like it, you get shot. There's no there's no fist fights. There's no wrestling in the streets. It's just pull. Pull out your gat and you know let the yeah. horse decide afterwards. No, you so. could you could tell Florida is a bunch of transplants because it's the only really nice weather state that the people are reacting like cold uh -huh. weather rage. You know, yeah. like it's 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 yeah. that fifty line, right? It's hot out in this bitch. That's a good enough reason. Yeah, <laughs> so many people from New York come down to Florida. They overheat themselves, and then they're like, "All right, now I'm just gonna start shooting." Yeah, drive with their bills, <laughs> license plates, and all this stuff. <laughs> It's funny you say I mean, that. The other there's, day, there's was, so much going on. Go ahead, go ahead. It, the other day it was raining, and I mean it rains like 
down here it'll rain for like 30 minutes but pretty hard mm. and people are driving like being from the midwest people are driving like it's snowing and i'm yeah. literally just getting fucking pissed i'm like you guys got these damn teslas and ferraris and all these jeeps with you know lift uh kits with them and they're just mm. driving like it's just you know the blizzard of 1920 or some shit like that and i just it drives me insane but chicago you know or excuse me even well i guess you could say chicago i mean that traffic is a little bit more uh it's a, little, it's a little tight up there, as you can say. Is it? I, I see. I, I haven't even driven in Chicago. I've just. Uh, I've only been Ubered around, so I haven't. I haven't really truly dealt with any of that shit. But okay. yeah, I've. I've. I've driven a little bit in Tampa. And yeah, it's, uh, well, terrifying. isn't it a lot better to be Ubered around than have to sit there and wait for cabs to actually come and do something for you? Yeah, because <laughs> then you get to watch other people be angry for you. You, exactly. for whatever reason, being a passenger is like that's their video game. I have to do whatever I want in the back. Do, do people still call cabs at all? Or, or, or no? What not, do you think? Not many other places. Say, oh, you broke up a little bit, but you're 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 good. Oh yes, yeah, okay. you're in that you're in that hillbilly town. I'm telling you, man, it's like the whole town <laughs> shares the Wi-Fi. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly right. I also have What's hotel Wi-Fi. wifi. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like th- three people next to me are probably looking up some sort of pedophile porn, and I'm just, you know, trying yeah. to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hacking into your shit. And, there, and there's a meth lab in the basement. Don't worry about any of that. No, a million percent. <laughs> it, it's so funny about that. Like, you know, they always say, like, don't join public Wi Fi's. But to be honest, if you went through my fucking MacBook, like, it, I don't have nothing on there that's going to be a benefit to you. You can frame me, you can pull yeah. up nudes. I don't care. Take it. You want to take my, you want to, you know, hack into my bank account? Hey, pay that bill that I owe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Pay that bill it, for me. <laughs> if somebody were happen, uh-huh. take like full asshole picks, Nick picks. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like if it breaks into my nudes, they're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to frame you. Like, yeah, Did I break ahead, up again? So, um, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's like you sound like uh, Optimus Prime every now and then. <laughs> oh, good. Good, good. Autobots. <laughs> um, so, Mike, give us a, you know, obviously I know who you are. Sean knows who you are. But for the people that don't, give us, you know, just a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, how long you've been doing it for, why mm-hmm. you do it, and, you know, all that good stuff. Why I do it. Uh, I'm a, sta- I'm a stand-up comedian from uh, based out of New York City. I tour all over the place. Uh, I am a stand-up comedian because I am a traumatized young man that is, uh, has a relentless need for, for attention. And uh, I take that, that need around the country and, you know, project it onto strangers. But uh, no, I've, I, I'm a podcaster. I do a ton of podcasting, both guest and host. I have uh, three specials, three proper specials up on YouTube. Uh, my most recent one was a crowd work special on edibles called Mike Cannon's Huge Mistake. I released mm-hmm. an hour of material two months before that in May uh, called Mike Can- or White Privilege Homeless. I have a special from two years before that called Life Begins. So, you know, I'm out here. I'm I'm uh, I'm just a stand up. I'm that's it. And you know, yeah, Mike, fair share. How many, back how many times have people asked you that question? Because your response was just so like straight to the like 
automated script like i do this and i do this and I, this is my resume and i do this yeah. and i also do this like no hiccups no stutters no like uh, i kind of mess around with this a little bit he was just right off the teleprompter <laughs> yeah man you and, just got you gotta be him, proficient <laughs> and don't let and 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 guess don't let him sell you short he's done a lot more than the few things than the three things he just named he's actually actually been an actor in blake griffin's double cross and true tv he's been oh, a yeah, lead actor bio, in a feature film he has uh <laughs> he was sorry, in a slam so dunk what? contest with blake griffin that's <laughs> <Yeah>. right <laughs> never got to meet him because we filmed during covid and it was one of the worst <laughs> tv shows of all time <laughs> oh wow wow I, I thank got, you blake appreciate the opportunity <laughs> thank you blake yeah. My face. <laughs> yeah i'm gonna I would, love, the mask I would love to hang out with you and teach you how to do stand-up comedy <laughs> ah, <there> you- <laughs> yeah like and then like i didn't know like see when you know i first heard about you you know as far as you know the the re- connections that we have through you know my girl and all that crap mm-hmm. um i thought you were just straight like just fully 100 percent comedian that was it but mm-hmm. then like you know i was reading your bio i mean i mean a bio is a bio but i didn't know you had you know dabbled in any type of acting and then also i found out that um family wise you guys are pretty talented right uh oh yeah my, i mean my sisters are far more talented than me i've taken you know all of my abilities and pushed them into the dick joke but uh mm-hmm. <laughs> both of my sisters are like musical savants my younger sister was fluent with the piano at like three years old like that that type of shit that type of shit and both of them are also in show business but um yeah i do a bit of what do they do what do they do like so i I guess if my older sister so both of them were musicians both actresses but my older sister does primarily voiceover work so she'll Mm -hmm. do a lot of commercials a lot of video games cartoons stuff like that she she does extremely well for herself and uh my younger sister also because of her musical background has perfect pitch so she does uh audiobook narration oh nice uh, oh, yeah cool. so that means she has to do a different different accents like all that stuff it's basically acting out an entire play by yourself but Holy yeah cool. so you're now, is, uh, you're, born, from... raised, you're born and raised in the, you're born and raised in new york city correct I was born. I was born in New York City. I was raised outside of the city, but would constantly come in because my father was uh, w- has has worked in the city my entire life. Really? But they don't so, do any but, type of oh, like. Are you special that you moved away? So do you yeah. miss any of it at all? Uh, I miss. I miss the. That's I don't no. know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's part of it. That I miss kind of being able to go outside and just being in New York City. Right. Like, that's what I miss. Yeah. I, I I miss not having to drive in and all of that stuff to just get there. But what I don't miss is walking outside and being in New York City. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, there you go. Yeah. It's both things. You know what I mean? The fact that I have a guaranteed parking spot at the end of the night right outside of the city. I get to have space with my son and my wife. And it has not impeded at all on me going in and out of the city. Like if it Uh fucked me up and I was like, ah, you know, I'm going in like once or twice a week now. And it's like, you know, de-escalated my motivation. Then I would be pretty, pretty rough. But I'm, I'm in there five to seven nights a week anyway. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm still chipping at it. I still get my fill of New York city. And you said you had an assigned parking spot, right? Well, at home, not in the city. I'm just saying, like, the simple fact... I used to drive back to Brooklyn every once in a while when I lived there from spots in the city. And just the the idea of having to go through the process of finding parking, that's enough to take... You know, that'll... 
that'll remove a few years from your life just based <laughs> on the anxiety and stress of the unknown. So See, the idea that I get to drive home and have a guaranteed I'm home parking spot, that's the shit. It's funny. It's funny <laughs> you say that. Like, you know, obviously, unless you live in New York, you know, you really don't understand the whole parking concept. So just to give you an example. So yesterday, uh, me and the girlfriend were out getting something to eat and they're going to be in New York for a, a bachelorette party in like a week or two mm -hmm. and got a hotel and everything. And she's from Massachusetts anyway. So it's not too far of a drive. And I was like, hey, look, why don't you just, you know, drive from, you know, your parents place to New York? And she's like, well, I don't there's no parking. And I was like, what do you mean there's no parking? This, <laughs> like it's a city like you <laughs> come on, it has to be parking. And I called the hotel they were staying at and they were and I was like, hey, look, you guys have parking in your hotel. There's like, no, but you can park in the garage or like three blocks down. And then like the, the rate per day is ridiculous. I'm like, what yeah. the, like this yeah. is shit is crazy. Why have a car? You shouldn't even have a car in New York. I think that's kind of what trying to do. <laughs> I think <Yeah>. I think, <laughs> I think the, the prices and stuff like that and just non it, they're making rules intentionally to make cars kind of less hospitable to be less hospitable towards cars. I think they're they're obviously a walking city. They're a pub mass transit city, mm -hmm. but cars still have to come in and out. But they're trying their best to kind of limit that mm -hmm. as best as possible. And Correct. there's part of me that agrees with that concept of like, uh -huh. yeah, this should be more of a walking city. But then I have to go in. So, you know, then it's then it's a personal yeah. attack on me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, exactly. You, you want to be one to drive in the car. Yeah, so exactly. Let me ask you this. Uh, kind of start from the very beginning. Where uh, what was the moment you decided to do stand up? Um the moment i don't know if there the, it was, was kind of an amount it was more was of an amalgamation diapers? an amalgamation of life events because i did i did like talent shows and shit like that when i was young i would uh -huh. perform for company when i was young i'd sing like fucking show tunes <laughs> with my sisters around the piano for strangers that would and come over it's like lord <laughs> oh dude it's such an embarrassing life fact about me and then uh and then i even did my seventh grade english teacher gave me 20 minutes every single Friday last period of the of the week to do stand up. So I did I technically performed stand up for my classmates in middle school and then as I played they're like, basketball they're like what is this guy doing? <laughs> no, they actually I I it it hasn't really truly dawned on me how fortunate I was in the fact that people um what is that called when they 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 were like cool about it like they were like oh yeah they they you know? obliged me they were like yeah by all means follow your dream in front of us let's see what this is like <laughs> so that and, this guy <laughs> yeah so i'm 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 really i'm really lucky in that sense but um then in college i played basketball and i just okay i was either going to be a coach or i wanted to do something else i knew i don't know man i had such a weird awakening where i was like i've always wanted to do stand-up I learned be in comedy. I always thought I was funny. I wasn't, um, <laughs> but but I was me. obsessed with the art of comedy and stand up and delivering right. bits that I started getting obsessed with it. And I bought all these DVDs. I watched every documentary. I, I read every single book. When I get into something, I become a little Aspergery about like the mm -hmm. history of it, and I and I get locked in. So that was important for me to establish some sort of like ground knowledge so I can go into this without my head firmly implanted into my asshole. And then, okay. you know, <laughs> once I finished college, I just, uh, I, I kind of started doing it. That's it.
So like, would you consider yourself like, were you always like naturally funny or just like, it was just a comedy with something that interested you or you just had like the gift of, you know, making others laugh? I think it's both. I, I guess I was naturally funny in the sense that that's what I would diffuse the violence in my house. <laughs> so, I, yeah, you know, if shit popped off, which it often did, I would, uh, you know, there's nothing like jujitsuing an angry situation into something funny to try to, you know, to to make an eight year old stop shaking. <laughs> and so, that's, that was yeah, a lot of my childhood. So you've done a lot. You, you did the research as far as, you know, stand up because it, it's a big difference between like being funny and make people yes. laugh and then being on stage and making a group of strangers laugh so so the be the best know. way somebody ever put that to me were like oh you're funny can you be funny at on tuesday at 9 15 p.m yeah sure no problem and it's like yeah that's <laughs> yeah. that's a great way to put it because listen everybody's funny or not everybody but there are a lot of funny people it's mm -hmm. really hard to be intentionally funny at a given moment yeah, um, Hannibal yeah. Burris. I remember I was watching one of his standups, and he's he brought up kind of that fact. Like he did a show, and after the show, they had they went to the bar, mm -hmm. and he met some girl, and you know, and somebody's either way, she found out he was a comedian. She's like, "Oh, you're a comedian? Oh, well, well tell me tell me a joke right now." It's like <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I'll tell you a joke right now at the bar, you know, for free." <laughs> yeah, it's just like yeah. <laughs> it's it's a process to it. So, did you ever? You know, like you did the research, you know, like I said, comedy is more than just being funny. But was there is there any like person like, you know, that you admire or you look up to or you kind of like, you know, um, I in guess resemble your your, uh, you know, your own state's pres presence from at all? Um, I mean, there were in terms of people that have helped me, for sure. There have been a lot of people that have given me opportunities. Some, mm -hmm. you know, some showed up early, some showed up late. It, mm -hmm. uh, but people help me along the way. I think my the first person that gave me encouragement was I went to when I was playing basketball in junior college. I was also Shooting studying. Guard, like, uh, I was a point guard. Uh, I'm too. I'm small. And okay, I found Steve. out how slow I was when I played against actual <laughs> athletes on the college level. It was insane. How doing that? <laughs> Dude, it, it was so insane where I'm like, man, I'm pretty good. I'm shifty. Well, I could say in New York. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, the basketball mecca. Mm hmm. And just, yeah, when you run into real athletes and you're somebody like me who grew up, you know, not dominating, but doing pretty well, it was uh, it was a pretty humbling experience quickly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but my college, my college TV production professor, Mr. Carroll, he I, I was really politically inclined in college. I thought the world was fair and I could, you know, maybe potentially make a difference through democracy. What a what <laughs> a <don't>. joke. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um. But so my my teacher saw that I was funny, saw that I was interested in this shit and then told me that I reminded him a little bit of Jon Stewart and like put me onto a ton of Jon Stewart tapes, like cut me up highlight reels of The Daily Show, Jon Stewart's early MTV work, some of his stand up, all this shit, shit like stuff he oh, wow. truly did not have to do. And right. then he handed me these tapes and I was so desperate for a father figure, the first older man that told me to do something i just turned that into a career he didn't touch you no i wish he did he a little bit I too nice you know i you wish he be... hugged me tightly and told me it wasn't my fault why don't you come over to the house and watch some of these john stewart tapes yeah later at night your parents are cool you sign this you know release form yeah <laughs> <laughs> no that, that that's amazing man and it's like you know you 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 juggle a lot of things like how do you even keep up how do you even have the energy to do so much? Because I know you have a son, you pretty much uh, a new baby. 
Obviously, yeah, he's, you, he's you, three. You a, he's so he's he's functioning. He's, he's okay, functioning so, on his I own. I got you. Yeah. You don't got to watch him use the bathroom or nothing. That's um, it but, depends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but with the acting, with uh, you know, basically, I, I can tell you're constantly I mean, putting yourself out there. You're constantly working. You're constantly doing. You're constantly on tour. Like, how do you keep up the energy to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I don't know. So I'm probably gonna die young. But uh, it's, you know, it's it's one of those things where that having somebody to provide for and somebody who truly relies on you, uh, it makes you it makes my energy, I should say, uh, exponentially increase. So if I have to do stuff, if I have to get stuff done, if this is what it takes to get my name out there to do whatever, to sell tickets, to promote a, a project, to make a project, I'm just going to do it. It's and I think I could credit that mindset probably to sports because sports is all about breaking through obstacles and it's all about yeah. just like you know you put up mental blocks and you're like well that's bullshit get the fuck out of my face i can get right through that so i think that type of thing that that training in my life weirdly mm -hmm. prepared me for stand-up because there's a lot of i mean there's a lot of mental blocks there are real blocks there are you yeah. know real people who project their mental blocks onto you there's yep. there's quite a bit that you got to smash through so that's helped me yeah, because especially yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought, brought up the sports analogy because, you know, I mean, we, I, I was an athlete. I, I, I think I'm still an athlete now, but at one point mm. in time, it's just like, you know, with all that going on, you find a way to perform when you need to, when you're on the stage, yeah. when you're on the court, when it's a big game. And, you know, with your profession, it's, you know, if you're having a shit day, people can read that on your face as you're performing. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's very yeah. all eyes on you constantly for however long the special is. So. You know, it's comedy is one of those things that I truly admire comedians because one, you got to get over the stage fright. Two, you got to be somewhat of a good public speaker. And three, you got to make people laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. I, I think On the best cue. part, what, yeah, what the, you want them to. That's right. Yeah. The best part about having a bad day <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and doing stand up is you, you can talk about it. That's that's why that's why it's also like limitless energy. It's like, hey, man, I just had a frustrating day with my son, with my wife, with all <laughs> yeah. of the above, or I had a great day. Any of those feelings I can then take to stage and kind of flesh them out in front of people yeah, or like therapy. So, yeah, yeah. And even so, if I'm not talking about that directly, it's like those feelings can come through another bit. So if my frustration yeah. is about something else, then I'm like talking about road rage or whatever on stage. Those organic feelings that I have then kind of come out on stage. Somebody uh, knocking on my door. Somebody knocking on your door? Is that room service? Uh, or is that uh, Michael well, Myers? <laughs> is it? Is it? No, is I'm just kidding. If somebody if somebody busts in and just stabs me to death, just know yeah. go yeah. to my YouTube, Mike Cannon Comedy, and watch my special. Hey man, you're using all the Wi-Fi. You use yeah. all the Wi-Fi in the town right now, okay? Make sure my kid gets paid. It damn it. The mayor can't send an email. <laughs> so, but I, I'm glad you brought up how, how you were able to hash out things that you go through on stage. I actually kind of lose some up goes to my other question so mm -hmm. comedians say that real life moments create their material and in your latest company special uh you speak with living with your in-laws this sounds yeah. like then that that sounds like the case there how much of that was creative material versus how much was it was just you sharing sharing a story oh all of it so i um i don't 
I don't lie on stage, really. Like, like I don't, I, I don't just flat out. I may embellish. Obviously, right. Com- there's embellishments in comedy, but I don't outright lie. Like I've never created a story to facilitate a point of view. I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily against it. That's just not how I personally do comedy. So all of what I was talking about, that 100 percent of that happened. Like every every moment of that. The the fact is the initial incarnation of that material was a lot angrier it was uh <laughs> much more frustrated right. and sometimes it it even worked a little bit better but that's not it, not not better but it worked differently because people kind of like fed that darkness but then you kind of separate yourself from the event and the rawness of the emotion kind of gets torn away but then the material itself calcifies and becomes really strong standalone shit so you don't rely on me just like revving up and getting my emotional bullshit behind it then it's finally material yeah exactly do you you consider comedy more of seeing that that the comedy in all of all of life's moments no matter how bad it gets that's my that's my take yeah i mean you know i'm not i'm not necessarily like an opinion or take comedian yeah. you know what i mean like i don't i don't say what washington should do centered and i'm i'm a bit of a narcissist so all of my shit is focused on my personal life and it's me trying to figure out what's going on through what right. i'm seeing and experiencing and which is always the best because it's like you're always going to have some form of material i mean unless you're you, yeah. you know you're dead or something like that it's kind of like how you know just it, it kind of resembles how we do our podcast you know we do mm-hmm. um just to get your rundown we do we just talk about like trending topics we try not to get too political or anything like that but the reason we do that is so we have always have some type of fresh material to present versus i don't know like a sports podcast of the bucks or something like that all they fucking sure. talk about yeah. is the bucks all year round like yo like, yeah yeah <laughs> we could see espn um what I was gonna ask is like you know with the with the, with the YouTube special like how did that you know come around were you just like hey let's let's record some on YouTube or was it just like you know out of complete accident because that uh, I mean, that kind of like I feel like blew up and kind of set you yeah. you where you are now the first one uh, life begins was mm-hmm. that that was an idea I had based on some of the stuff Andrew Schultz was doing. So okay. Schultz is my buddy and he's, really funny, uh, really. yeah. And he's obviously like yeah. done incredibly well for himself on YouTube, on social mm-hmm. media, and just kind of putting his content out there for the people. And, you know, he wasn't getting necessarily the opportunities that he wanted, or they just mm-hmm. weren't great opportunities in hindsight. So we wanted to create better opportunities for himself. And that, that nugget is exactly what I latched onto. Is like, listen, everybody can sit here and wait for somebody to hand them money to do something, or right. you can actually believe in yourself, see your own vision, and stop being a lazy fuck and just create what you want to make. And so that's what I did. I didn't. I saw what Schultz did. I I'm this weird guy where I do think that there's like stepping stones to get to an hour special, you know, even mm-hmm. if you create it yourself. So I didn't feel comfortable giving myself an hour special as my first special. 59 so minutes. <laughs> it, it's like it's so dumb, dude. But this is like my own, you know, mental gymnastics. So I did like 31 minutes of material. And then I brought in all those guys from Tough Crowd. I got Colin Quinn, Jim Norton, Bobby Kelly, Keith uh, Robinson and Rich Voss all to basically trash me 
in the you know as interstitials to kind of like break up the stand up a little bit right. so that was its own standalone project and then obviously the clips are a whole separate thing which then feed back to that project with which also help you to sell tickets oh, and it's shit. all just this fucking dizzying di yeah. you know dizzying output of content but it it all stems from that thing of like i'm not waiting I, I've right. I've gotten I've gotten good at this. I feel I feel competent in my skill set. I feel good enough to start showing people what it is I do. I'm on radio. They know who I am anyway. So why not why not control the output, control the project, right. not get notes from a producer who has never done stand-up and just one hundred percent put out exactly the material that I want to put out. And that's that's basically what I've been doing. Would I take yeah, a check from Netflix? You're goddamn right I would. But yeah. <laughs> but until then on the zero. <laughs> yeah, but until then it's like, hey man, like yeah, I'm gonna continue to make it make things that I want to make. And each one kind of continues to push the boulder up the hill and people then get to see that and then come out and see me on the road where I'm doing completely different material. So it's not like, you know, I'm not I'm not just recycling the same old tired bullshit. I'm yeah. I'm I work really fucking hard and I write a lot and I'm constantly trying to get better. So that's uh that's my entire outlook on everything. Yeah, it's like almost now, I mean, you, you play basketball. It's like having a hot hand. Like when you hot, just, you know, use that momentum and, and keep going. And, you know, like you said, you write a lot. And that was actually one of the questions. Do you feel as if I mean, I guess if someone was a new comedian, do you have to be a good writer to be a good comic? No, no I mean, I think I think there's quite a few yeah. examples of popular ones that are not. Yeah, I think no, I think there's a lot that goes into it. It's charismatic. It's authentic. Mm -hmm. It's honest. It's, you know, it's performative. Like, you know, it, being a good writer certainly doesn't hurt. But it also mm -hmm. I've seen dry ass good writers basically robotically you know, present their horse shit. And it's like, all right, yeah. that was great for five minutes. And if I have to sit for another 50, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's a mix. I, I try to be both as much as possible, which is why I like to do a diverse set of rooms as well. So it's like, it's not just comedy clubs. It's, it's, I'll do some of the hood rooms. I'll do some of the, al <laughs> the alternative rooms. Like it's all that shit because if you don't and you just get good at performing to a certain group of dorks, it's like then your shit is going to be pretty one one note. Yeah. It's funny you said so, that. So obviously, obviously, right, since you're from, from New York City, that's where you started off your, your stand-up career. Yeah. But and and you just named some of the comedians that I, I've listened to, I'm sure Sarah is too, Colin Quinn, Andrew Schultz, and mm. some of the other ones. Is New York City a very supportive place to become a comedian? I mean, obviously it's gonna I mean you're you it's cut through, I feel hand, like, right? But mm -hmm. is are they gonna support other comedians trying to to join that it's, there there's a couple things at work because it can be and it is when you reach a certain level i think mm -hmm. it, but it, there's always competition and everybody's you know it's a it's an individual sport tiger woods and rory uh, whatever the fuck are friends Matt, as McDonald's, you know whatever his yeah, last name is irish McElroy? potato fuck whatever <laughs> he you know they're best they're best friends until sunday yeah. of the masters and they're both within a stroke of each other it's yeah. like you got to there there's time for support and there's time for competition in stand up what i've found is you kind of find your group you find your group of friends and your people that you can 
commiserate with, you could celebrate your successes with, you can be super honest about your opinions on other comedians with, you know, all of that stuff. Hey man, that wasn't funny at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or you just, you kind of create your own insular communities. So then everything else is manageable, right. you know, so it, so it can be, it can be supportive. And then outside of that, it can be a nightmare. I feel like New York is like, the Navy SEAL training for comedians. Like, <laughs> like if you want to be a top comedian, you have to go to New York. Um, and you said, uh, when you say you were working like different rooms, you know, mm -hmm. different classes of people, whatever. It's funny because I actually wrote a question down and it says, uh, who's harder to make laugh, white or black people? <laughs> white people. Really? White people. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? No, that that's a that's a tough question because there's layers to it. Harder to make laugh as a white comedian, black people. Worse laughers are white people. Like okay, so when funny. as and I've I've and through trial and error, but I've gotten I've gotten good at playing a, a diverse audience set. I can mm -hmm. play all these different rooms. When you when you kill in a black room, there's kind of nothing like it. It's unbelievable. The the energy exchange and the reaction. I mean, you know, it's like black people reacting to magic. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you get, they, they run around the room. They're slamming keys on the table. It's outrageous. And then, you know, sometimes you'll just get a bunch of tea sipping whites that don't know how to express their emotions because yeah. they aren't fucking comfortable in their own skin. It's so funny you say that. Before, so, we, went, me... before we went to go see you when you were in Tampa, I, I, I mean, obviously, I didn't know who you was, and uh, Pace was telling me. And I, in my head, I was like, you "Better be funny, <laughs> right?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you better yeah. Be funny, <laughs> yeah. Well, well it so makes it makes sense. It's like you're you're committing an evening to it. Right. So I I understand you you are you're making a bit of a sacrifice. It's your time, right. but what I like about and this is again a cultural generalization that isn't 100% perfect but what i do like is that as soon as you do kind of appeal <laughs> to a black crowd's heart you got that we're in it we're in it together we're yeah. having a great time exactly. white people need to be kind of like massaged and reminded that they trust you throughout <laughs> they're, they're the looking entire you up on hour. facebook as you're performing yeah. like okay let me check his linkedin to make sure right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like yo he's he like, he got air force one zone like, yo, hey clap for him <laughs> yes and great, this is I am acknowledging the generalizations within what I'm just saying, but I'm I'm yeah. talking about like the difference between playing dairy in Connecticut and then playing fucking, you know, a room in Harlem. It's it's yeah, there are noticeable differences. That's okay. So crazy. I, I, Go ahead, Sean. what was what was the uh because you said, you know, when you kill in the in the, in the black comedy club, there's nothing like it. Mm -hmm. What was that first moment like when you first step on stage that first time? Like first time ever, ever. Yeah, what was the first show that you had actually legitimate like crowd, and you were like, okay, this is the real deal. So I, I well, the real deal is a little bit different. That was probably in oh eight. So I I started comedy in oh eight. Okay. I did my first ever time on stage in two thousand seven, maybe, maybe in yeah, I was in college. Okay, so, so but future, but right. I did it like tell, three tell about, times. Yeah, so I did it. I did it like three times in college. But the thing about doing comedy in like Rochester, New York, which is where I was, is that their open mics get audience. That never oh. happens in New York City. It doesn't happen in most places, but New York City specifically, it's all comedians all looking at their notebooks, livid that you're currently on stage and they're not. So in Rochester, <laughs> it's more or less almost a real show. Mm -hmm. And that first night, 
I remember I was, I mean, I'm a nervous guy. I get really nervous about presenting stuff. I really deeply care about what other people think about me. It's a Mm -hmm. true curse. It sucks. But so when I got on stage, some comedian, or before I got on stage, this comedian was on stage and she was, you know, doing crowd work and she came over to our table and was talking to us. And, you know, she, uh, sorry, did I break up? No, you're good. No, you're good. Okay, good. Um, and she, um, she was just like kind of making fun of my friends and then asked me what I majored in. I said communications <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck are you going to do with that? And I'm like, I'm on stage right after you. And, and, and the place like you it killed, it killed. <laughs> I had my first joke do well as a comeback to a comedian from being on stage. So I was like, Oh, I gained a little bit of confidence, but even then dude, hearing my name and walking on stage it was 50 50 whether or not i walked directly out the door or onto the stage because i just you feel the flips in your stomach for whatever reason everything in my body was telling me to abort to abandon ship get the hell out of here immediately but you just push through and you do it do you ever take like are you going like 100 sober oh go ahead let me tell you what my actual question was before i admitted it yeah, my actual question was when you got on stage the first time, but besides going, oh shit, a thousand times in your head, what was yeah. the thoughts running through your head your first time? So yeah, yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I not it. not much. <laughs> oh, yeah, not much more than oh shit. But I will say that like <laughs> that that joke, the first joke, the first mm-hmm. thing that you say that gets just that gets a collection of laughs, like not just like one or two sporadic whatever, but like a a an orchestra of laughs uh-huh. it, it i mean that is like main line and crack to the base of your dick it is <laughs> un- are you like 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 oh, yeah like yeah okay yeah dude. okay all right i, I like, got another I'm... one i got another one for you guys <laughs> yeah and then i didn't but uh <laughs> my name's mike i'll see you guys next week all right take it <laughs> yeah yeah i did five minutes on like piss i think my first time and they were like <laughs> i'm like hell yeah one hitter mike <laughs> yeah Oh, but man, that is like that is a pure like pure boom, pure bump of drug moment. It's amazing. So when I was watching um your special uh, last week, and obviously you were you know involved with the crowd, talking to people and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, how do you? Well, I mean, it's a stupid question, but have you get gotten to the point where you've had to deal with like hecklers? And if so, like, how do you deal with hecklers? Do you just immediately just shut them down, roast them, or you just like ignore it? It kind of it it depends. It, it's a it's like a game time audible because it mm-hmm. depends what they're. Yeah, the more you do comedy, you kind of get who you can psychologically break down the person who is heckling. So they're either drunk person who doesn't know what they're doing and they're just having a full blown conversation at their table and truly doesn't understand what this is. So right. you you either you know you can tell them ask them to stop and then if they do not you get progressively rougher with them. And you have to keep the audience on your side because, you know, if somebody's just talking in the front row and you're like, shut up, cunt. Everybody's going to be like, whoa, security. (laughs) Not a joke. Yeah. (laughs) Just instantly being like, well, we've now lost full confidence in the performer. So what was that comedian? Um, God, I forgot. who. I don't know if it was a comedian, but somebody like a fan or heckler came on stage and I don't know if they slapped him or or, or hit him with a guitar. Somebody hit him with a guitar, right? It was recently, like the past like month and a half or so. Oh, I didn't even see that. That's crazy. It, yeah, I mean, I've been, like... I, I've gotten charged on stage and stuff like that, and like you know, people have, uh, 
yeah, it was some drunk idiot, and it was the easiest physical defense of my life just because he was like falling all <laughs> over himself. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he was like 40 years old and blacked out. And I'm like, all right, sir. And I like laid him down for bed, basically. Let me see the mic. <laughs> like, no, yeah. no. Listen, even like doing podcasts, like people don't realize like the power of the microphone of having the microphone doesn't matter you could be the funniest heckler in the crowd you could be you could have jokes for days but if nobody can hear you and you don't have the microphone you just you know it's just a small little man um you're not gonna win um when we went to your show on uh early june Mm -hmm. uh you know you obviously i mean i don't know if i don't know if you call it personal but you know you talk about your you know your kid and your wife um do you like like, say if you say a joke about your wife, do you mm-hmm. give her a heads up beforehand? Like, hey, babe, I think this is really funny. I know it's about you. Is this okay if I say this? Or are you just fucking like, whatever, I'm doing it. Not, not even a little bit. No, she uh, she signed up for this life. <laughs> 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 but it, no, at this point, I think it, she always, it, because of the way I do comedy, which is all kind of personal shit, it, she just knew that if, if this was going to go, it was going to be that she was going to be my muse. And I think that she correctly and justifiably takes pride in that because she's my inspiration. Like I love her so much that she is what my art is about. You know what I mean? Same, same with my son. And when you frame it like that, it's meaningful. And I'm never one of those guys who's like my fucking dumb bitch wife, this stupid bitch, get in the kitchen, bro. Forever. Yeah. 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 That's not to say it's declawed because I think I have some pretty like pretty cutting shit about it. But a lot of it is also shining the mirror back on me and how unreasonable and, uh, you know, how big of an ass I can be, even if I'm complaining about something she's doing. You know what I mean? So that's right. I'm I'm trying to give a 360 view of everything, including owning and admitting just how unreasonable I am. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Would you guys? Speaking of unreasonable things, um, I had a uh, goddamn student. A high thought last night as I was listening to your comedy special, mm. and I couldn't help but, but wonder what happened after the uh, the gay pride flag. Like, <laughs> what happened after that? Point? What happened after that? <laughs> to be honest, I I really did laugh very hard when he did that. <laughs> I mean, like that that joke was truly written for me. It, I I really didn't change much of anything. <laughs> yeah, I just I just kind of dictated what happened that morning. But yeah, he just I, I mean it's it's tough man. It's repeat, tough to take. What, what so like explain it to to everyone or everyone mm-hmm. in the future at least like what 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 happened? <laughs> so my father-in-law like a lot of people um you know uh radicalized quite a bit over during the course of the <laughs> during the course of the pandemic uh capital years yeah and years yeah like it got super into uh you know some youtube channels and things of that nature and really thought he unlocked the secrets of the world and so as the only person who would make eye contact with him in the entire house when he got into these modes i was his audience and i'd often be on a million milligram edible and he'd just sit me down and start <laughs> telling me yeah, and just start telling me what you know what Pizzagate is and all that shit. Like, damn Mexicans keep crossing the border, man. What you gonna do about it? Like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. Be in New York. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like doesn't have anything to do with me, really. Actually, but, I uh, joined the cartel last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So once once I got that, like once that became a routine part of my night, 
him saying i'm you know in, in, in very few words that i'm gay uh that didn't really have any kind of impact on me aside from being able to laugh at it <laughs> like i was like good bit dude i was like honestly that's Does i'd he much rather hear at all oh yeah yeah he likes it he likes it <laughs> right he likes it i think but it's it's again it's it's one of those things where I I do and this was the this was the interesting part of writing this material because I wanted to give it a fair shake right like I did I wanted to I wanted to write it from 360 because I love my father-in-law I've known him since I was a 10-year-old boy you know so I wanted yeah. to honor I wanted to honor the history of like really warm feelings that I have for him while also acknowledging what's currently happening and so I I think he he sees that and he sees the fact that it's it's me dealing with everything and he likes to be the inspiration or focal point of the jokes as opposed to right. seeing it as an attack does he have a facebook yeah. is he the one that has, like, a facebook uh, i'm sure he's got a secret one dude what he would never put it yeah he's like i'm like let's go to your what, explore what? page i'll show you yeah dude, these locals <laughs> in my has... area keep hitting me up for some reason <laughs> You you've been to a lot of different places so far. What has been been your favorite venue thus far? My favorite venue. So, so in it's funny because people are like, "What's your dream venue to perform at?" Right, and a lot of people would say Madison Square Garden, Radio City, right. The Beacon. I mean, all of those, uh, any of the legendary venues. I would be lucky to perform and hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I've performed in the metaverse actually already. <laughs> Um, and I would, I would like to do that one day, but my, my goal in comedy was to do stand up at the comedy cellar. So like that, okay. that venue, because of its historic meaning to the form, because of the people that have gone through there, my heroes, I'm, you know, I'm a nerd fan underneath everything. So the fact that I'm now there, like that's, that's it. I'm, I am awesome with that. Like that that's is New super York, right? cool. That's in New York. Yeah, it's the best comedy the, club in the world. Is that the one where I was watching some documentary and I think a Jerry Springer documentary. Jerry Seinfeld, was, comedian. He, he, yeah. Jerry, I said Jerry Springer. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. And like that's where like he first started. Yeah. And a lot of like big name comedians. Everybody all started still. There. Chappelle still goes through. Kevin Hart goes through. I mean, Chris Rock, all the biggest comedians. Jerry still goes there. I mean, you know, everybody still goes through there. With that said... My favorite show that I've ever done, and it almost goes beyond the venue, but the venue was also beautiful. I did a show on Veterans Day in Kuwait on a in a theater on a base. Wow! So that awesome. that show with the presentation that they gave us beforehand, like mm -hmm. the emotional connection we made with all of them because they were so grateful and appreciative that we flew all the way over there and came to perform for them. It was. And that day I got bit by a fucking marine dog. So I had like the giant <laughs> scar across my across my arm. And I got to tell yeah, that story. <laughs> Dude, they were like that that pop when I showed all of the Marines my fucking dog bite on my arm. I don't think I've ever been on the receiving end of something more sonically powerful is that like, like it was, you had police brutality no, no that was his bat no you don't understand that God was your battle bomb as, canine as a veteran, yeah that's right as a veteran as a veteran trust me we all appreciate you guys coming over there so yes that was your battle scar so yeah yeah now one of you us. leave like when you leave kuwait are you like all right you guys peace out you guys gotta stay in this shit good luck with everything <laughs> i'm out i mean I'm it, it it feels it felt a little weird to do that for sure especially like 
some of the conversations, I mean, you know, I, I said, I still consider myself young. I'm wrong, but I consider myself yeah, young. Here. But then, here is but that true. But then you go over there and you see like a fresh faced child who is like, yeah, man, I'm from Kansas. Like, I'm super excited to be over here. I signed up for infantry. I want to be in this shit. I'm excited. <laughs> Turns out, though, fucking bummer. I'm smart as shit. So now I'm behind a computer. <laughs> it's bullshit. And I'm like, those dude, benefits, though. <laughs> I'm like, dude, take advantage. Like, be smart. Like, do you understand the opportunity you just afforded yourself? Clearly, your right. public school system just <laughs> let you down your entire life. Like, <laughs> just detested <laughs> off yeah. the charts. And it's like, but it's so weird to see like you know a kid oh, like right. a real kid talking like that. There's a lot of men in infantry like that. Um, I was a paralegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a paralegal, and I went short infantry. career. I'm, and I'm they, instead of uh, yeah, instead of instead of let me do my job in infantry, just oh no, you're smart. Oh, yeah. Make you the training room guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. Damn! But I'd be pissed if I, yeah, I if know. I was in infantry. I'm like, what? Am I a dumbass? Is is I'm the one they sent to the front? <laughs> yeah, right. But I think that no, you, you sign up for it because like, oh, I want to do all this and eh. yeah, I want to be can, on the ground. But, there's enough, but once you get out, there's nothing else. There's so nothing out there for you. That was yeah. one of your best venues. But what you know, on the flip side, what was some of the you know, I guess worst venues and worst experience that you've had so far? I mean, that was the the first eight years of my career but uh <laughs> I, the entire dive dude i've done like private gigs for 450 cops where like there was where the and it, i will say this typically cops are uniform. like some of the best audience members because mm-hmm. they don't give a fuck they laugh at whatever unless it's you know a police brutality joke and then <laughs> you know, but, resisting that wasn't funny well this so that you guys will kind of appreciate the maybe appreciate who knows i might be overstepping <laughs> my bounds but uh this was a 450 cops so many cops the town was like a square mile where, where like was this, there, at? this was somewhere in jersey like wealthy jersey okay, okay. and weirdly enough like so if i step this way or this way the mic stopped working so i had to remain within like a four inch <laughs> parameter to keep the audio from going and the audio didn't even reach past like the first five rows so there's Ooh. still 350 oh, cops that can't hear what, what the fuck say? i'm saying and oh, so the man. the first joke i was like i was like jesus i was like this is unreal i was like 450 cops your your town is like a square block what do you guys all just take turns beating up the local black guy and <laughs> it got nothing like like so <laughs> little self-awareness and humor and ability to see what i was saying as wild and intentionally inflammatory they were like fuck you <laughs> instantly and i was like all right fair point yeah we're like we're a black male between 411 and seven foot four yeah <laughs> right they're like name daryl because we know him he's the only one here Hey, can we get a picture with you? Just to, yeah. you know, to show that we, you know, diver- diversity and shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I only have one. I only have one real last question. Mm-hmm. What is a for someone who wants to get into in the company? What is something that you would tell them? What's I mean, start dancing on TikTok, I guess. Yeah, fuck TikTok. Dude, I'm so sick of this social media shit. Like, I mean, all of us are in between. I assume thirty and forty. We're in that range, mm-hmm. and it's just like I'm at the point. Where it's like I can't keep up with the social media. So like the on the flip side, the good thing is so and, and Mike, you can probably relate to this with even YouTube. It's like it's it's a free promoting service, right? You get, you get out as much as you give into it. So like you know when you're talking about how like I'm always working hard, 
I'm doing this. I'm always on tour. And that reflects off of, you know, your YouTube pages, your social media pages. So it's like you are your own boss at the end of the day. But it gets to a point where it's just like I with TikTok, like I just I, I can't keep up with that. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it's a lot. It's it's a lot to manage. It's a lot to create. It's a lot to uh, have to take on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it even makes me cough thinking about it. But, um, you know, it's just the reality of of, of the situation now at this point it's like it's just you gotta yeah, you gotta get good to, at are it are you supposed to dance on there like on tiktok like i don't <laughs> no, know i mean i refuse i kind of refuse to do anything that wouldn't help sell what i'm trying to sell right. you know what i mean so even if i'm doing videos where it's like uh, you know take dancing or whatever even you know whatever straight to sketch like whatever I want it to be almost strictly stand up because that's what I'm doing. That's the show right. that I'm trying to sell. So that's what I want you to come out and see. So I don't want to get famous on something else. And then you come and see my show and you're like, what the fuck is this? You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so really that's why I'm on TikTok, yeah. but it's yeah. real. I mean, I, I have like 140 something thousand followers on TikTok. It's Holy fine. It, you know, it's, it, it, it helps it. Everything. You just have to keep posting to everything and it all hopefully funnels back to, you know, the road. Cause that's what I'm trying to do. Dude, so much posting. I got arthritis in my fucking thumb. Um, yeah. damn, yeah. the time has been flying. Yeah. Mike, I had a ton of questions, but, um, I'm just going to give you one more. And this is kind of like the cliche, like end question. So sure. obviously, You've had great success. You've been doing this for a while. And a lot of times people see like the end, like, you know, the result now and they assume it's, you know, something new. But yeah. like, what is, you know, I guess your ideal, not in situation, but like, you know, the goals over the next couple of years? Do you want to keep doing the comedy and, and get, you know, better specials, possibly one of those big streaming services or a bigger venue? Or you want to just like branch out and kind of, because like I say, you do the acting, you have a podcast. So you're obviously very talented. I mean, where mm. do you see yourself going in the next couple of years? I would like to tour. I mean, continue touring. The stand up mm -hmm. is my number one everything. So I want to okay. tour. I want to sell more tickets. I want to play bigger venues. I want to continue to grow the overall, you know, me. <laughs> I want right. to grow the fan base and grow people that come out and see the shows and make it an actual happening. And then if other stuff kind of comes in with that, I would love to do it. I like I like acting. It's not my number one goal. I would do it <laughs> if I think the material is good. If I write something personally that I want to create, then right. I would do it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the auditions that I get are so rarely like even readable that it's it's not even worth putting what's the time in. What's your most recent one? I, I I don't even know. I don't know the show. Like the shows are, <laughs> they're not for? even on the air yet, or they're coming on the air or whatever. But you read it and you're like, oh, this is a comedy. Like this is true dog shit. You're just yeah. like, it's <laughs> unreal. I can't believe anybody passed on or accepted the idea and then went through the development process and landed on this because I've been in show pitches. It's really hard to sell a show. And uh, yeah, some of the stuff that the, that gets greenlit is really really rough. So the but, one. Uh, the one you have on Amazon, what is that one about on Amazon? So that, that's called Timing. It uh, It's basically the early stand-up career story. So it's it's trying to juggle, you know, you're in your 20s, you're going after stand-up or you're going after something and you have to you have to basically sacrifice a lot of your social life and a lot of your relationships 
to achieve your goal or to even you know achieve a, a small modicum of your goal and that's that's what it's about it's about chasing that for open mics for bringer shows to bark to you know trying to juggle and find a chick maybe but also then giving her up for stand-up it's you know it's it's all of that kind of stuff where we were able to combine a lot of our early year story into one thing and you know it's okay. uh I I improvised all of the all of the dialogue the, of that movie. All of it was made up on the spot, which is kind of cool. But um, yeah, that is a, that movie. Uh, it was fun. I, I liked the experience. But again, it's not something that I'd, I'd necessarily want to do for 12. Gotcha. Months but I mean, it's, it's something, you can, you know, it, you can put in your, you know, your repertoire of of talent. And yeah, then, if you want to pay me, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You exactly. Take pay me. Um, <laughs> and then. You also, like you said, host a podcast, and mm -hmm. I, I want to dive deep into that, but obviously we're on kind of a time uh, strain here. But yeah. what's the podcast about? How long have you been doing it for? Who is it with? So, yeah, it's called Here's a Scenario. That's uh, that's the new one. It's with Brendan Sagalow and Mike Feeney, and it's a hypothetical-based podcast where we do, like, what-if scenarios, would-you-rathers, fuck-marry-kills, all that kind <laughs> of stuff. It's submitted by our listeners, so they basically they have a big part in the whole experience. They basically build out the show, and then okay. we kind of just spend a long time debating just innocuous questions that everybody else would look at and be like, I don't know if anybody entertains this. They're mentally unwell. Are they also your uh, co-hosts? Are they also comedians? They as are, well, yeah. Or? Yeah, they're the co-hosts as well. We're starting to take that podcast live, too. So we're doing our first live okay. shows. Uh, well, yeah. not first, but our first touring live shows in Austin, Texas. Uh, oh, September live, 9th and live. 10th. Like in, in front of people. Like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we've done a few. Live. We, I'm like. No, we did one in uh, did one in New York recently that went really well. We did one in Pennsylvania that did really great, and now we're uh, we're heading out to Austin, Texas, just to see how it goes and see if we got Holy something. Holy shit! Damn, Sean, what yeah. the hell are we doing? That's great. Like he he's he on tour on hey. his podcast, and I can barely get a signal with my wife. We've been doing it a long time. In yeah. fairness, Holy we've been doing it a while. I know, but the thing about podcasting though is like. We love doing this. Don't get me wrong. We love talking, shooting the shit. We have 100% control. We do what we want, marketing, whatever. Yeah. But it's like now I feel like a lot of people are doing it, which I, I'm not upset about. But it's just like it's it's one of those, I guess, you know, platforms or careers where like it's it, it takes a lot and it's hard to like con not only be consistent, but have a consistent audience. Because like, yeah. I mean, The Rock, for instance, Dwayne Johnson to start a podcast tomorrow and would immediately have a thousand, you know, millions of subscribers, you know, yes. it doesn't matter. He could be talking yeah. about wrestling shit for all. I know. Yeah. 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 So what's, you know, what is something, how do you guys get, how did you guys get past that? And I'm asking this for just advice for our own show. I mean, we're still not necessarily past it. It's just, it's, it's a constant struggle of trying to, you know, not only maintain and nurture your current fan base, but also trying mm -hmm. to expand it. And basically the way it works now with podcasting is through guests. So you just, you do stuff like this where you have me on, you have other comics on, you have other people mm -hmm. from other podcasts on, and you kind of, that's where the New York city support really comes in because we're all guesting on each other's shows and almost lending right. our visibility and fan bases to each other. And then, you know, comedy and podcasting is big enough now where it's like nobody's watching one show. Nobody's yeah. listening to one show. They're yeah. listening to a lot of shows. So it's like you want to get into the rotation. You want to become part of that. So it's all trying to, you know, boost each other up and help each other out and share share as much as you can with people that, you know, 
who knows? People might dig dig me because they already like you guys, and now they learn about me, and vice versa. Some of my listeners might come over and be like, "Oh, I like this podcast a lot. I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna keep checking it out." And you guys do it every. That's all I mean, how how often you guys record and post? Uh, we do every week. We do one free episode every Wednesday, and then a, a uh, we do a bonus episode for our Patreon that comes out on Fridays. Sean, did you hear that? So, he do the do same one thing. Free episode. That, uh, We've done a hundred. No, Three episodes. No. So you do oh, the no, same that, we, that, weekly. That Andrew Schultz does. It's the same thing that this Andrew Schultz from format. I call it Andrew Schultz from format. Uh, he's the yeah. same thing. He has this free one on uh, Spotify, and then he Patreon. You have to pay for it. It's like five dollars a month or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Patreon, it's, it's Patreon's a good like deal. a subscription service, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And that, that it's, you it's, know, it's once basically you... if OnlyFans didn't have as many nudes. That's right. Okay, <laughs> but ours has a lot of nudes. I mean, I'll show a boob for, you know, <laughs> yeah. looks, however much. Just start, I don't just start sending p- feet pics and you'll get some listeners. Hey, there you want to see go. my dick? There By the go. way, make sure you subscribe to my podcast. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, Sean, do you have another question? Because I want to get in uh, what, the, what the floor is no, here. Uh, I'm actually ready to go ahead and jump into what the floor The last question I have for him will be, be at the end of the show. So oh, I can shit. hold that one. Right. Then. Yeah, what's your social security number? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey. How do I get? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but let's go ahead and jump into uh, what the Florida. Uh, as I was telling you, uh, I'm going to be asking you three different. I'm going to be reading you three different Florida stories. These stories all happen in, within the state of Florida. Uh, they all could happen in the same area of Florida, but they all happen in either North Florida, Middle Florida, or South Florida. We will not get into right now where South Florida really is starts at. So for today's episode, <laughs> we're going to say South Florida starts at everything at I four and below. So are you, okay. Mike, are you familiar with, I guess, the geography of Florida? I don't uh, know. Don't, not don't, even he, a little bit, but I'm going to have fun with it. I don't know. I've been here 11 years and I like I'm the type of guy that's like, I know, like a square mile radius of where I live. Anything outside mm-hmm. of that, it's not my business at all. Sick. But basically, <laughs> just think of North Florida as like, I guess, the old people in Panama City. Central Florida is where we're at and like Disney World and all that bullshit. And then mm. South Florida would Miami. be. Yeah, the Everglades and down Miami yeah, and um man, Fort yeah. Myers and you know Cuba. I said Cuba. Sweet. My pet. <laughs> in Cuba. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, let's jump into to the first story. Florida man on a honeymoon leaves a sleeping wife and gets arrested in a prostitution sting. <laughs> oh damn. Hell yes. Yeah. Is there like a statue? Of, is there like a grace period for like when you get married to where like you can change your mind? <laughs> we just got married, but I'm hey, in a male- five day grace period. <laughs> Probably get an annulment. Yeah, I mean, no, she's gonna wait. Wait, there's no prenup, so she's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so she'll wait. Don't get, married, don't get married in Florida. Yeah, a man was arrested on his honeymoon after Florida cops say he left his sleeping wife to meet a sex worker. The 34-year-old, year, the 34-year-old newlywed thought he was meeting up with with someone to pay for sex, but he was instead <laughs> met by an undercover cop and placed under arrest immediately. That's bullshit. Yeah, the man. Wait, wait, wait. That's the he ultimate blue balls, right? You get excited, you're about to pay for it, and then it's a cop. And <laughs> he just handcuffs your cock to your like, right hand. Yeah, it's like, yo, can we at least? I mean, I'll take an assault charge, on a police officer. <laughs> Dude, when you're horny, your mind is just you. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you know, it's a totally different person. Can we get any kind of physical description of the prostitute? Because that might help me determine where in Florida. And if it's a well, sex worker, isn't but, that like a legal transaction? Uh, no, but I will tell you this though: out of the 176 that were arrested that week, some of them were, were after like you know 14 and 15 year old boys and girls. So oh. you know, you do what you want to with that. Yeah, oh, that sounds like <laughs> that sounds like it's near West Palm. 
Do you think? <laughs> do you think like prostitutes prostitutes accept tips? Because like I had this whole tipping like argument last week on our last show about how I hate how everywhere you go it's the automated um yeah, it's uh, the worst. POS system. Yeah. Hey, would you like to get fifteen percent to the guy that did nothing? Like, fuck yeah, no. no, I no, I very don't. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine a prostitute walking around with an iPhone and like a square uh, chip? <laughs> Yeah, just swipe. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so, tired it. so tired of all the tipping. All right. So this Florida story isn't so much a funny Florida story as a, as a wild story. Let me, I'll read the story and, you heard, and you'll be able to tell why. Florida man jumps into river after being ejected from car. Hmm. <laughs> the Florida man jumped from an overpass to avoid being struck by another car and was able to swim to shore, fire rescue's officials said. Here's the wow. Story. A man jumped from an overpass into the minute into the river to avoid being struck by another vehicle after he was ejected from his own car in a crash. What is Spider-Man? <laughs> is this a Tom Cruise stunt? To a, yeah. yeah. Firefighters just responded jump. to a three-car crash at the overpass at the highway and overpass and learned that one of the vehicles had overturned and ejected the driver, according to a news release from the from Fire Rescue. After the crash, the ejected driver leaped over the concrete barrier and into the river to avoid being hit by another car, the release said. The man landed in a deep part of the river and was able to swim back to, to the riverbank. Was this the same guy from the first water. story? Like he, he was, was caught with a prostitute? He's like, I can't get caught. I gotta <laughs> jump out. I gotta bitch. go. <laughs> <laughs> Officials did not release any other information about the people involved in the crash. But yeah, that's a... Uh, what? That's amazing. <laughs> Holy yeah, shit. Why do, why do we live here? Why do, Sean, why do we live here? Why do we live here? I don't go to uh, the beach. The it's hot as fuck. Except the People day. can't drive. Uh, I go to the beach. Everybody's assholes. Like I'm 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 going to San Diego or something. Kudos to that guy though. That's a that's a hell yeah. of an evasive maneuver. Yeah. I know. I'm right? Oh, oh I'm, I'm, I broke my leg and arm, but I'm gonna jump in this water now. Yeah, you yeah. must got like fucking 20 <laughs> kilos of cocaine in the truck to pull some shit like that. Like, yeah, that's I'm, true. I went in the car. Something. <laughs> something. All right. <laughs> Florida man got pulled over in Florida, then something landed under the patrol car, deputies say. <laughs> a routine traffic stop quickly turned into a drug bust in Florida. According to the sheriff's office, deputies, deputies teamed up with a narcotics task force for an arrest Thursday night in Florida, which in Florida is not clear exactly what time the incident occurred. The Facebook post says John Snyder had, a per had purchased half a pound of methamphetamine in in another county to sell out of the, out of a home. Is that Molly? Is methamphetamine in, in, Molly? In a nearby certainly city? isn't. No, oh, it is. It is pound of meth. Half a pound. That guy was that guy was having a good <laughs> month. And around here, you got to be careful but, with that uh, uh, fentanyl shit. Yeah, that is spreading like wildfire down here. Yeah. On, on his way home from the, from the from his drug buy, he got pulled over for an unrelated matter before he could get before he could <laughs> get there. Black. Body cam footage shows deputies <laughs> approaching the 49-year-old suspect and his girlfriend, Lee Sandberg, also 49, who says she is the who says she's the registered owner of the car. In the video, you can see deputies were about to give them a written warning before things escalated as one officer pats down the suspect for weapons and object lands on the ground. Kilo. He just dropped a bag, says a deputy. It looks like dope. <laughs> Sandberg can then be heard expressing disappointment. Oh man, she says. Wait, <laughs> oh who's, man, who's 49 years old, still like trafficking drugs. I feel like that's like a 30 year old type thing. Floridians. <laughs> you know? That yeah. sounds like that sounds I, like North Florida to me. 
what is all these packages you keep getting from Amazon? Actors that are mumbled about how it wasn't his drugs. Officer responded, I can tell it came from you. It's on the freaking camera. <laughs> you might as well try to lie. We have, you ain't got nothing to lose. You got to shoot Bro. him. You got to shoot the cop at that point. I mean, I'm not saying do that. But like when you're like, if you ever got caught moving a whole bunch of weight, like, and you know you're going to prison for at least 40, 50 years, and you're already 40, so. you, yeah. I mean, his life is over. Just have oh, yeah. a fucking old oh, Western yeah. shootout and, you know, let that be. All right. So we got three <laughs> stories. <laughs> Running from error, by the way, both of me. <laughs> just shoot him. Just shoot half him. a pound. I mean, half that's a pound. Something. Um, so, first nuts. story. First story. So the Mike, man you wanna, you want to the first guess? on his honeymoon. This is one at a time, by the way. We're going to do one story at a time. Mm-hmm. First story is the man who was arrested on his honeymoon for trying that's to buy a, this. I'm going to say that's South Florida. South Florida? Okay. All right. Damn, arrested on his honeymoon? Well, I know nobody will go on a honeymoon in North Florida because they ain't shit up there. So, I'm going to say... <laughs> Maybe it was going to Disney World, Central Florida. I'm going Central. All right, you're going to go Central. You're yeah. correct. It happened in Central Florida. Central. Florida. Wow. <laughs> he was arrested by the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. Hey, I've been arrested right. by the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department. I'm just kidding. <laughs> second story. Second story. The amazing man who jumped from a well, to avoid accident, ejected from a car, and then jumped in the river and then swam to the river bank. That's I mean, James Bond shit. Yeah, I mean for real. Yeah, like well, he had a button or something. Like he just, <laughs> he just ejected from the car. Um, I- I'll go first this time. I'll say, God, I'm gonna say Central again because I feel like there's a lot of rivers right. in Central Florida for some reason. I mean, uh, uh, there are a lot of rivers. Your Honor, there's a fuck ton of rivers in Central Florida. It's yeah, I'm gonna say North since he didn't get eaten by an alligator. I'm gonna say North. All right, this happened in Riskin, which is in Central Florida. So it's in God Florida. damn, Let's I don't know go. Florida for shit. Damn, today's, yeah, about, today's yeah. a good day. Ruskin, not Riskin. Ruskin, I'm sorry, Mike. But yeah, Central Florida. That's you know, funny, Mike. Man. I've lived here 11 years, and like I said, I don't know. Every time we play this game, and he says the county, I'm just like, am I right? Like I don't have no <laughs> yeah. idea where all this shit is at. I just know Disneyland, where I live, in Miami. That's <laughs> everything else doesn't matter. Right, I know kind of North part in this part. That's only because I lived in the North part for a little bit. <laughs> I know where the airport is in case shit hit the fan. Yeah. I got to get out of here. Um, all right. Third all right, story. And final story. The uh, man arrested because uh, he dropped half a pound of meth <laughs> under Jesus. a cop car. <laughs> rookie. <laughs> Fucking rookie. Um, Mike, you want to go first? Um, I mean, I feel like that's all of Florida. Is that all three? <laughs> Oops. I think it's a mirror story. Car, for... I think they give you like a, a pound. I mean, you wouldn't, be all, you wouldn't be far and off. And here's your pound of drugs and your registration, and you're all set. <laughs> I'm only going to say North Florida because I feel like if I keep guessing it, eventually I'll get it right. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm going to go with them. I'm going to say, right. well, nah, man. Nobody's moving weight in North Florida, man. Them, them, they own. Social security disability. Oh, check. that's true too. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say central again. Go say central again. All right, mm-hmm. all right. It's very close to North Florida, but it happened in Deland, which is in Volusia yeah. County, on the other which side is... of Disney World. Let's fucking go, central Florida. Damn. <laughs> Shit. Oh, close. So I'm, I'm going on Jeopardy next. How do you sign up for Jeopardy? Because I'm I'm yeah, I'm yeah. killing this Dude, trip. He, he, Florida he lost Jeopardy miserably last week. He, he loses normally miserably at this game. His sister beats him every single week. By the way, oh, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Listen, yeah, like, you, you know where we are as a podcast when my sister is commenting. I'm like, hey, shouldn't you be very <laughs> child? Hey, that's what Thanks, we want. Pre- hey, taking care of the kid. Which one? Damn right. Oh us. God, I know. Yeah, Something my mom will listen and like. 
I gotta kind of like think about like did I say the f word? Did I say some shit that you know? <laughs> oh yeah, no, <laughs> I just said I and all my shit? family from listening. <laughs> oh man. So, um, well, Mike, man, uh, but, I mean, uh, it's so it's, uh, actually, I'm gonna ask my last question real quick. Oh, yeah, go the ahead. Last question, Mike, is how do people find you? I mean, we got everything taken at the bottom, but how do they really find you? What's your next tour date coming up? Yeah, promote you yourself. Yeah, all right. So, after. right now, actually, I'm gonna be in Texas. So, go to mikecannoncomedy.com for uh, for all my dates. You could find all the links to my specials, everything like that is up there. I'm going to be in Dallas, Texas, September 8th. I'm going to be in Austin, September 9th through 10th. Going to be in Fort Worth, Texas, September 11th. Then I'm going through Philly, Levittown, New York, Washington, D.C., down in Fort Lauderdale, Orlando uh, in September, back up to Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm doing San Diego, L.A., Vegas, you name it. I'm all over the place. Uh, That's MikeCannonComedy.com for all those dates. And then, yeah, check out my specials. They're at uh, YouTube.com slash Comedy. I see you guys got my old YouTube Dong Comic 2. Is that the old one? Oh, yeah, but shit. it still works. So if you type it in, if you type in Dong Comic 2. Fucking it, producer. Uh, you hear that, Colin? That's your fault. <laughs> no, <laughs> honestly, I prefer it. I prefer not to, not to forget that mistake YouTube. of branding. But uh, yeah, so check out. I got uh, Mike Cannon's huge mistake. Mike, uh, White Privilege Homeless, Life Begins. And then I have my first hour album also up there as just kind of a one shot. But that's uh, my I think it just kicked in. So I have four hours of stand up. I have a ton of other footage. I have, I have a poker show. I have another edibles show. I have uh, some character work up there, sketches, you name it, all at YouTube.com slash Mike Cannon Comedy. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, boys. I Dude, appreciate Mike, it. You, when are you coming back to Tampa, man? Like, hopefully, I I think I do it once a year. So I'll do I'll be back next year. But okay. I'm doing uh, Orlando and all that stuff. So I'll be oh, I'll be around. I mean, I, right guess, I mean, I guess Mark's like coming to Florida. Away, you gotta go a, to Disneyland. It's an hour away from us. He's he's whining like it's, it's so far. I might come up there. Where are you away. Where are you performing at in um in Orlando? At the Improv. <laughs> I, I, you know, Sean, I don't mind taking a trip up there. You know, go go to Epcot. Come and through. Fuck with Mickey Mouse I mean, a little bit. You know. I got some tickets yeah. to the Blue Man Group if you guys want to go. There's apparently like a one or two like Disney World rides I need to ride. I haven't been on apparently. I don't, I don't know. Hell yeah. Honestly, apparently it's so good that they, they will go to Disney for just that one ride. I hate <laughs> Disney World. Like the mouse and the dog and the I don't even it's a rat. It's a giant rat with gloves on. <laughs> like it's fucking Michael Jackson or something like that. Like, come on. But anyways, uh, um, Mike, but, uh, thank you again, bro. Like this is this is definitely a blessing for us. I mean appreciate you guys. This is I mean, I could probably yes. go on for another hour if, if I wanted to. So thanks for coming out. I, I know you got a busy schedule with the tour yeah, and stuff man. like that. And uh, we're definitely a huge supporter. Um, and we, you know, hopefully yeah. when you get some free time in the future, we'd love to have you back on or, or vice versa, whatever definitely. it may be. But hell yeah, we definitely support you, man. Your shit is funny. I'm not just saying that like because you're a comedian because you. there's comedians I know that are like fucking <laughs> like I, I may chuckle a little bit but sure. you actually had me laughing when I seen you out in person yeah. and your um appreciate man your most recent special so and thanks for coming out on the on the short notice and uh um, yeah. yeah man like we, we love thanks, it so uh, yeah thanks for your time thanks for your time. of course and, and you uh as our listeners heard how to find you so make sure you go out and listen to him very funny man very funny and we were uh definitely laughed just about this entire hour so thank you again for <laughs> and I was, coming on to our show Mr. yeah Mike man and uh, by the way, how's it feel having the same last name as a person who has nine kids or eight kids right about now? Yeah, you know how many people say, on like, the way. I'll say Mike the Cannon. On the way. And they yeah, say, you mean yeah. Nick Cannon? I'm like, no. I, I don't yeah, know he heard Nick I was Cannon. doing comedy and he immediately figured he needed to outpopulate oh, me. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, actually, pretty much. Mike Cannon is Nick Cannon's stepson. That's <laughs> like, right. Yeah. 
Um, I will see you oh. in no. When's that wedding in November? November, yeah. And I'll be uh, I'll be at Zany's that week. Okay. Are are you um, are you in the wedding? Um, no, 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 no. I'm all right, don't feel bad, me either. Right, right, no. Well, <laughs> on, on the big news that Mike is not featured in the wedding that Ciroc apparently will be in. I'm not <laughs> this in. This has been the weekly review of Sean Ciroc. I am Sean the Notorious. and it's your boy Ciroc the Mike. Peace. Thanks for listening.